Welcome to Dirty Laundry, the show where I talk shit about the few people who haven't ejected me from their life. I'm Spencer Crittenden, coming to you live, and uh, uh, joined by me, as always, our co-host. You know him. You know, the show couldn't be done without him. Actor, improviser, comedian. You've seen him on Whose Line Is It Anyways? Suits, uh, podcasts such as Harmontown. Um, He played a woman in the Norm MacDonald show, Kevin Day. Hey everybody, that's that's quite the intro. Um, I, I I'm gonna go back and rewatch some of my old works, but yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, I just want you know, I've said this before, but you know, as a kid, I didn't always have cable. Sometimes we just had kind of basic the basic internet or you know TV channels and stuff. And so ABC Family was one of the only shows uh, that or one of the channels that had like good programming on it. So you know, a lot of my childhood was spent watching Who's Line. And when I saw you there, you know, that handsome blue eyed you know guy on on stage, I was just like, there's something about this guy, man. He's just really funny. So you know, I just it's just it's so it's so interesting and cool to be able to work with you you know to be work with you instead of just like admire your work from afar you know yeah well you know i feel the same about you of just working with you from harmontown and things like that i feel like we've really gotten to know each other I, and also I, you know rick and morty you know when we when we made heat vision jack of course you know yeah yeah harmon quest right I, I really love being on harmon quest working with you on that mm-hmm yeah it's it's been a lot of fun so uh you know uh how okay i don't know here's a plan i want to play more DD. i don't want to start right yet but maybe we start DD earlier and then like eject at some point you know when i'm like i have more funny things to say but i want to i want to start that but you know before before we kick that off we gotta get a life update kevin what's your life update do you got one um i'm in los angeles right now uh mm-hmm. doing the shows on, on the road uh decided to brave the crowds we went to disneyland and it was just absolutely packed with people i mean i was one of them so i can't really judge but there were so many people at disneyland it was it was just as though we weren't living in a pandemic right now mm-hmm. um but that went really well and yeah that's that's pretty much all it is I, I took the train like i said last week and that that went actually surprisingly well that was a lot of fun got to see a lot of the countryside you know from the from the train car and yeah so i'm here in los angeles and doing well yeah it was pretty great um you know my side of the story was oh man kevin's in town i can't wait to play with him you know hang out maybe we could like play D in person or something do the live show it'll be so great you know i'm like oh kevin what are you doing and I'm, he's like i'm at uh disneyland and i'm like oh <laughs> okay i mean okay and then you know i keep checking back and i'm like oh hey what's up and he's like i'm licking doorknobs oh my god i uh i just got a a a in-person tour of the of the covid ward of the er and i'm like i don't what is this tourism that you're engaged in Uh, i guess you know i guess maybe we're not gonna hang out but i was telling you i was telling you that there is this kind of common thing that happens where someone visits la and they're like oh hey i'm in la we should hang out and then and then the la native is like oh where are you staying and they're like i'm right outside of lax and then you know 
you never then you, they leave you on red for the rest of your trip in LA because it's like I'm not going to fucking LAX are you kidding me so but it's like a it seems to be a common experience where people who kind of don't know the a geography of LA put themselves in a location that then LA natives don't want to go to and so they're like oh we should hang out and then it just never happens and then it, it kind of and you know rightfully so it kind of goes into people's box of like LA people are flakes right you know uh, and it, it's this weird thing but it was just really interesting to see that you know this was happening but it was like ugh, it's just it just seems like a worse and worse idea every passing moment to to see you in person you know um which you know i it's all i'm not i'm not this isn't judging or anything but that was just been my experience was like oh man this is gonna be great and it's like uh, uh, uh. but you know i did get a, a a new gas mask check this out how do you like that this is, can you, oh can that you is hear so, me yeah that's so bane right there i love it I know, yeah. It's got these things. Um, I saw, I saw, I saw a nurse in a in a TikTok video wearing one, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta get me some of that." So, um, listening, it was it's this really cool futuristic gray design, but with these pink filters on the side. Yeah, it's, it's like a classic a gas choice. mask. There's not tubes coming off of it, but there's the these circular filter cartridges on either side. So I don't know. It kind of it kind of feels a little hippo like. I don't know how to describe it. But um, so so that was it was it was fun. It was fun um, talking to Kevin. Um, you know, maybe in the future uh, the world won't be beset by plague. So that that could be interesting. Um, speaking of the world be beset by plague, um, I have a mild sore throat right now. What a great experience to be having in this day and time right um so uh what was it any Wednesday? other symptoms or is it no. just a sore throat just a sore throat wednesday or something my roommate comes in and is like oh i have a sore throat just so you know i just wanted you to know and then we started talking about it and you know i don't know <sighs> i have a lot of spite in my heart that's why i have a spitreon but as this conversation played out it sort of felt more like an interrogation like it was like are you being safe and it's like well i'm not the one with a sore throat is you know i just what is this what's happening eventually it, it turns into we go you know we're gonna go get tested and i was like i mean i'll take you to get tested but let's go to a place where we could drive through not get out of our car you know the car and and stay away and um you know so she schedules an appointment and i was like well uh you think there's another appointment that i could i get scheduled can you send me the link and uh you know it felt like it took a little bit of work just to get that link where it's like well i'm gonna give you a ride to a testing facility to get a test for free you know i'm willing to do this for you can you send me a link so that i can maybe ring some minor benefit out of this and um so so we got we got the appointment and then we go to the place it turns out it's not fucking drive-through we got to go up to people and there's other people outside and you know who those people are? People there for a COVID test. You want to want to know why? Because they think they might have COVID. So 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 now I'm in, you know, it's outside, but I'm under an awning, and there's, you know, I'm trying to stay as far away as people. You know, we're at a COVID test site in public where there's also strip mines and or strip malls and just people coming in and out. You know, mask or no mask in general. You know, so now I'm like, this is not the situation I was willing to be in, but I'm here you know and uh I, I might as well get tested and so but so now now i have a sore throat and isn't that interesting that and is. so you know wouldn't wouldn't a very 
uh, auspicious place to have a, uh, contracted. It was the place that my roommate wanted me to go. Um, so is is that interesting? And and so so I'm I'm looking for a lawyer. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to see if there could be any litigation um, that we might be able to bring across, just to you know make sure justice is served in this case. No. Um. Anyway. Um. So that's my I life send update. You some at home COVID tests, so you don't have to leave again sure i was thinking about just having some uh set up the thing is like i don't mind the i don't mind the i just i i don't want to get out the thing is your car it has these hepa filters and stuff it's a nice pretty safe bubble like it's not perfect but it's a lot safer uh than you know uh, a lot of other stuff and so i like being in my car i'm comfortable and safe in my car but out of my car I want to be on it's got to be on my terms um but anyway so i i've been through just unrelated to this been through just a COVID omicron panic that's why i got this fucking gas mask got other stuff too um i think i might just break down and buy a hazmat suit at some point i know that i should have just bought one at the beginning of the pandemic just because anytime i've gone to the store first of all it'd be fucking funny to be at the store in a hazmat suit or something but second of all it's just you know to the extent that i need peace of mind having that in the closet would give me peace of mind at this point it's a choice am i choosing to not wear the hazmat suit i guess that's the choice you made it's no longer i'm being inflicted by other people's life choices you know um i I am taking the power back but anyway uh you're normalize wearing a hazmat mm -hmm. suit to the supermarket like do you think you're going to start a trend where other people are going to be doing this too no i wish maybe if i did in the beginning i could have but i I, you know i i don't know but you know why not have a hazmat suit this is a dude we live in a fucked up place like there's always gas leaks and shit happening all the time in la and i you know it's crazy but i don't know so i had wasn't there I feel like I had two text conversations that I wanted to talk about, but I can only find one. So let's just get into this one, I guess, the the one I don't have. And uh, I don't know if you... I don't know if you guys are following this on, ongoing saga, but the last time we left off, uh, I was making fun of Jeff for being a flake. And where that story basically... Well, a big part of that story was Jeff saying, hey, can't do this week, but next week we should do the show. And so that was last week. So in that time, the time frame Jeff, the Sunday Jeff was referring to was this very Sunday. And I don't know, you know, uh, keen-eared listeners might notice they haven't heard from Jeff this episode, (laughs) you know? There's a reason for that. He's not here. Um, but so, 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 so the story so far is, oh, Jeff, it was, was funny in saying, oh, you got, you know, we should do the podcast next week. Cause not this week. Cause even though I'm bringing up it up, I'm also telling you, I'm not going to be there, but next week, maybe, maybe, maybe so implication certainly being that I will be there next week. Right. Um, and so and so the interesting thing happened this week, which was a friend of mine texted me saying, oh, Jeff's going to be doing a show this weekend in Seattle or some shit. And my friend's going to go to the show and uh, he's so excited. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Jeff is doing weekend shows uh, and traveling to do them um, without t- you know telling us that was happening or indicating it or, you know, or or. <laughs> or not sending a text message that implies the exact opposite of that interesting interesting information i'm sure this will come back sometime and then uh so yesterday we get a text from jeff i have a long travel day tomorrow might be able to record audio in the afternoon 
And um, so then I texted him. Oh, and this is a shared text with, with Kevin. Um, I, I texted, I'm surprised you didn't mention a show this weekend, period. Keep us posted and we'll make it work. Kevin says, I'm in LA this weekend, so I'm going to try to do everything from Savant's studio tomorrow. Uh, Jeff says, is it okay if I joust do audio or is that dumb? And then I say, audio is fine. The real issue is how stable your connection is going to be. Are you going to be on a bus? At this point, I'm just humoring him because it's like, He's not, nothing, none of this is going to come to anything. He's not going to be here. So how do I stop having this text conversation, <laughs> you know? Um, and so he says, I'll be in a hotel around two or three. Um, uh, that's on Sunday. And Kevin, you run the live stream then. So I text, I don't think Kevin can do that then because he's going to be having to run the live stream. Let me brainstorm. That was me ending the conversation. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to continue. Kevin says, if we do it at our normal time, we could do whatever, you know, not very helpful, Kevin. I think that's kind of obvious. Oh, you know what could work? Doing the normal thing that you said you couldn't do. <laughs> Sorry, I got you off. What were you saying? No, I was just trying to salvage it in any way whatsoever. No, I know. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to help. Jeff, I'll be, be busy at 5 p.m. Spencer, what about today? Jeff, same. Spencer, well, we tried. <laughs> Maybe next week. Again, I'm just done. I know this was just gonna end here. I'm done. Jeff, I'll land at the hotel today around 1.30, then had to head to the venue around 5.30. The implication here, again, I'll be willing to do the podcast during that time frame. Of course, at this point, I'm already wise to the games, and I know that that's not actually what he's implying at all. He's not implying anything. He's essentially just making some noise because he doesn't want to do the show. No one ever wants to do anything once they land at the hotel after a travel day. We've been on the tour together. I've seen it happen. Like, I wouldn't want to do it either. Um, so anyway, I say, I see. But that's a pretty important time, right? The post-travel decompress. We might be able to do it like we did last time, where Kevin just leaves the record open and we call in. Um, Jeff, if I don't do it again, uh, today, let's schedule another time again. I'm not doing anything. Why don't you do a bunch of work to accommodate me? <laughs> like it's not, it's not an appetizing proposition. Uh, Kevin, I'm not available today, but you guys, yeah, you, you guys can go without me. If it worked, Jeff, I'm free and home the 18th me. Awesome. We'll coordinate then, which finally, you know, because the thing is, it's not good to have an absentee person in a collaboration. But an absentee person in a collaboration is a lot like not having a person in the collaboration, right? But the thing that Jeff is very talented at is being very in the middle of everything and trying to like shift things around him and like make it kind of work for him, the non-present party. It's like, well, you know what would really work for you <laughs> is if you never worry about any of this and stop thinking about it at all. Then I could kind of do the thing without having to worry about just like, you know, just this wrecking ball blasting in and trying to like be all like, what about me? Before it swings back out of the building. And it's like, you're gone now. What about you? I guess you'll make another hole in the wall in about 30 seconds. Oh, did my, uh, I feel like my, my, my headphones just died. Did they? Nope. I'm okay. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Anyway, that was about the end of the rant anyway, but it's just like, I, I just, I just want to do a podcast. I just, I've like, I've loved, I've always loved podcasts. I've always wanted to do a podcast before Harmontown. 
I, I, I didn't have a good podcast idea. I've actually wanted to do a D&D podcast for a long time, even before Harmontown. You know, I've always just, I like it. Then when I was doing it, it was very fun. I listened to a lot of podcasts. You know, it's just always something that's really interesting. Like, it's, it's something that I really like doing. But, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I, it's a good thing that we can laugh about it. Because, you know, if I was just not talking about this what would we do for the 20 other minutes right like i don't know well i mean the the jeff update is pretty funny every week you know whether he's gonna come or not i i enjoy hearing your side of it yes jeff is a character on the podcast is great he works he almost works best that way you know Um, we did the soundboard and i'll just like make cuts of him saying random things and i can just like insert him in whenever yeah, I can't remember how many if I've mentioned that on the show, but before Jeff left, I had the idea that we should on his last show before the tour, and then he canceled and bailed last second on that. Um, we should get him to record some wild lines that we can use for a Jeff soundboard, and um, and that it's it's such a funny idea. I don't know how to execute on it like successfully, but if we could actually pull that together, it would be so good. It would be worth all this hassle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the six layer. You should check it out. Um, but is there anything else? I don't know. We might just, this might just be I mean, it. you're up hmm? to 99 patrons right now. Is that where in line of what you were expecting? Wow. So if one person joins the Patreon right now, um, we'll hit the 100 Patreon goal. And that will unlock the bonus reward of a Patreon Discord server. Oh boy! Oh, my my fucking ears keep going out. What's happening? I might have to get this thing replaced or something. It might be broken. I got these the the ear. The, you got me these AirPod, AirPods, and they work really well. But I bought the AirPod Pros like years ago, and they just never worked right. And then the pandemic happened, and then finally, before Omicron hit, I was like, maybe it's safe to go get these fixed. And they were like, well, they're fucked. And they're out of warranty and i was like well they were fucked when they weren't out of warranty but there was a pandemic and you wouldn't let us go in the store there we go we hit it okay. huh i just thank you so much as your hundredth patron so we want i want the discord server right now yeah so i don't know that i want to do that right now but after i I, i'm sure i can set it up really immediately and it can get really cool um we had the master manual discord that still exists by the way and that's free so if you want to join a discord without paying money you can go to the master manual discord but i think that discord was really good it just kind of fell out of use after master manual died but i i really like the organization and the everything about that so you know i don't know i just like having a community i think social media is great i just miss forums you remember forums like forums were so much better than twitter where everyone just screams at you you know the thing about forums is one of the rules was no flaming do you remember flaming yes flaming wasn't even trolling flaming was just being rude that used to be a lie not allowed it's crazy like but it's just the whole thing is talking it's, it's all fucking but you know it's just nice having a little internet community and ever since i started the patreon i was like well 
what if I just tweeted onto Patreon? Like, what if all my social media like desires, I just did them to Patreon and be like, well, these people paid for it, so maybe they'll like it. And then I, I'm only beholden to them and I don't care about, you know, because no one needs to broadcast their thoughts to the entire world. It's just, that's kind of the only option, you know? Like, there's a couple options and the, the default one is usually the entire world. And that's not good. Um, but yeah, so I've I've been I've been doing fast food reviews. Uh, I I reviewed the Diablo Double Dare sandwich. I reviewed um, the KFC Beyond Chicken. I reviewed the Taco Bell hot wings. Um, I'm gonna keep doing more more kind of fast food content. Um, I I'm going. I've been releasing D and D content. Um, I released. Uh, there's two things out now. There's gonna be two next week. Two or two more next month. And. I also want to make more just YouTube videos, D and D YouTube videos. Um, so I think like, you know, there's, there can be stuff like that. That won't, I think solely just be Patreon stuff, but certainly that'll be part of like the enterprise that my Patreon's attempting to do anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm rebuilding a digital family. So yeah. So I guess we hit our hundred Patreon goals. So that's great. Um, what's our next one? I think 150, maybe 150 will be the Minecraft server. I don't know. We might hit a goal of Patreons and then no one wants the Minecraft server, but a Minecraft server related to people who like Harmontown um, is something that there has been demand for in the past. And, you know, if uh, if you pay for it, that'll cover the server costs. So then why don't I just administrate the Minecraft server? I don't know. Who knows how long that'll last? Because I have run Minecraft servers before. It's it's not zero work, but it's not that much. Um, so but yeah, maybe 150. Maybe who knows? So that that, that can be fun. <sighs> what else? Um, I don't know. Do you want to play D&D? Yes, absolutely. All right. But first, we got to take a quick break. Hello, my name is Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, and I'm coming to you on behalf of something even more exotic than the world's most dangerous cat. I am speaking, of course, of the Exotic Soda Company. Exotic Soda Company makes some of the most exotic beverages on the planet. We're talking spotted albino colas. We're talking citrus fruit bat saliva. We're talking durian the soda. I'm Joe Exotic, and there's nothing more exotic than the Exotic Soda Company. You can use the promo code that that happens at checkout for 15% off. And if it's not more exotic than Joe Exotic, and you can come to prison and punch me in the nuts. And we're back. So yeah, we know we uh, we love our sponsors. Uh, the Exotic Soda Company has been very good for us. Uh, I was thinking about trying to rush Kevin some sodas that we could taste on the podcast, but when I had that thought, I didn't even have enough time to refrigerate them for them to be cold enough for me. And then it's like, uh, then his are going to be warmer. And then it's like, well, let's just taste some weird warm sodas. I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Um, but yeah, so, so, so yeah, I, I like, I like that part of the show, but I'm not prepped for it now. Um, man, remember those chili fucking chips? Those were good, huh? We need to get some more of those. Yes. Yeah, those were good. I think I have another bag that I've been saving because, uh, you know, you sent me two of everything. Like it was, it was kind of like an arc. Yeah. Like Noah's arc. Yes. Now we both did try the new what was it Mountain Dew Spark this week. We didn't wait for the show though. Is that Yeah. <laughs> I reviewed it on my Patreon. Oh. 
Well, I just but, uh, but, watched it yet. Yeah, but but I, I, Spark is interesting because to me it just tastes like lemonade. It doesn't taste like it has due flavor, like this kind of generic kind of citrus with this kind of soda e, um, like citric acid kind of like ben- or is it? It's phosphoric acid, right? And soda. I don't know. That's what Coke has. I don't. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but so like this kind of acidic generic citrus flavor it just straight up like if you put in another bottle and said pink lemonade i would just think it was pink lemon i think it is carbonated so it's a bit different but it's so it's so much like lemonade that it's like it doesn't appeal to me because i think you know you get a minute made lemonade or something store-bought juices there there's some good ones but they're not you know it's like you could just make lemonade and it'll be way better you know so like so beverages like that that aren't sodas they usually don't go for and so it was really good for what it was but like it wasn't so it wasn't hitting the soda notes for me enough to like really replace any of my go-to's if that makes sense yes yeah what about I, you i mean i i enjoyed it 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 didn't remind me of mountain dew at all but that's not a bad thing either. You know, I right. just like, kind of like what you're saying was like, I, if you had just handed it to me in an empty, like a, a plain glass and said, try this, I never would have guessed Mountain Dew. But yeah, was, but go ahead. It was good though. It was good. It was, it was something I would enjoy on a warm day. Yeah, I liked it. it. It has a lot of it was very dry, which is something that lemons and uh, raspberries both have, I think some dryness. And that's a very interesting kind of nice uh, thing for a soda to have. It's a pretty unique kind of note for for a mass produced kind of beverage, I think. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, you know, I think different people might get different mileage out of it. Um, it comes in zero calorie form. So you know, if you if you're that might be better because it's like it's not this overwhelming syrupy sweetness so you know like without having and then the dryness is nice so like the dryness might be good with like zero calorie or no sugar or fake sugar or whatever you know i don't know my discord's going nuts i think i've left the shramho video discord because i hate everyone there um they all seem to be bad people as far as i can tell and the ones that aren't are you know probably you know i don't know you seem uh, to, to not enjoy any of your fans in any medium. Is is that an accurate uh, statement? It's it's the vast majority that I interact with. <laughs> no, okay. no, it's the vast majority of interactions I have. So there's a lot of people that I interact with. You know, it's like there's this thing called the eighty twenty principle that gets misapplied and misunderstood in various ways. The way I like to understand it is eighty uh, percent of your problems come from twenty percent of your customer base. So as a business, if you spend all your effort trying to make the whiniest whiners happy, you would be better off cutting them loose nine times out of ten. Like sometimes it's like your biggest fish is going to be a really needy client and you can't afford to cut bait. But but most of the time, I think you can kind of minimize your mental anguish by by telling people to fuck off um but and so i think it's a similar thing we're like the 20th the 20 worst percent of of people interacting uh, interacting with me over represent themselves and make me just feel like everyone who talks to me is the worst and um but you know there are regulars and the regulars come and go and stuff but there's always like this big core of regulars that is always really chill and even if they're getting on my nerves i don't I like them. I recognize them. I see their names and their, you know, their profiles and stuff and I track them. Um, and those people are all great. It's just, you know, I, I don't see the positive. Why would I, you know, you know, what's, you know, 
you know i just why would you talk about something that's not bothering you it's like oh man i'm in an uncomfortable chair why would i uh, this chair is so uncomfortable and also the air conditioning is perfect right now it's like no you assume most things are fine unless you're complaining about something right so it's like i'm always complaining about the things i see but that's just because i'm not praising the the good things or the lack of bad things you know anyway um but Trap home video discord's different um those people are fiends and they're fucked um you know there's a lot of negative things i could say about them specifically um they also just didn't seem to like me which is fine they don't need to like me and maybe they don't like me because of how much i hate them and that's reasonable but that's a situation um and i don't like them and it's a bummer because i do like feedback well i like feedback hypothetically i don't know if i like feedback in a literal sense i don't know that i respond well to literal feedback but the idea love it um and you know the live chat that's awesome i would love to be able to stomach the live chat in the shrub home video discord that could be a great value add for the show but i can't you know hey maybe we'll go to the live chat from the patreon and i'll just be looking at that the whole time and i'll be like these guys they're paying for access this is the tier yeah up with more uh grief from your fans if they all were paying you i don't i don't know for i <laughs> There's been one customer this whole time that signed up for the Patreon where it made me go, this is where you got to either smile and take someone's money or tell them to kick the bricks. You know, you just got to kind of, and, and I kind of expected to hit that point much, much earlier. So, uh, okay. but you know, I think, I think I'm going to try and generally be nicer when I'm, when I'm streaming, I'm, I'm generally nicer to people who are in my, my Twitch streams just because it's like, well, they might give me money. It's not like I, I put up with stuff. I'm probably more mean to my fans than a lot of people are even on Twitch. And it's something I do. It's like something when I can get distance from, I can regret it. Right. But in the moment, it's hard to, to see past your self-righteousness and stuff, you know, but like, I would like to not be that person. I've had negative interactions. You know, here's an interesting story. There is a formative moment in, in my, my, my famous person journey or whatever where we did the upfronts for CISO. We did a presentation like a fake episode of Harmon Town or Harmon Quest for the upfronts that CISO was presenting at in New York. The upfronts, do you know what the upfronts are? Yeah, yeah, where you're trying they're to- They're hard like to explain. Do you want to try and explain them? If you can't, I'll try, but it's like, they're hard to explain. Well, isn't it kind of like, you know, you're trying to, to either pitch or repitch yourself to the, to the network for either the next season or the first season? Is that kind of- it's i think it's it's kind of like that but it's more like it's more like comic-con you know comic-con it's like game of thrones is at comic-con and here's the trailer for game of Thrones. holy shit you know it's kind of like that but it's just all the networks and big things are like we got will smith is producing three series for hbo max you know and, and so and then it's kind of just like a convention like a publicity convention where a lot of big wigs come and see what the big power players are doing in the hopes of getting excitement investors and people who want to do business i think that's what it is i could be way off but yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of pitching to the world more than like any specific professional you know it's a networking event but but so CISO was was at the upfronts they were trying to make a big splash they wanted Harmon quest you know a big part of their marketing was dan Harmon. it wasn't their whole marketing but that was part of it and so they wanted us to do and i was very re resistant because Harmon quest works in the edit 
it doesn't work as a you know it doesn't not work as a live show but it's like there's a lot of dead air jokes that don't land <laughs> you know people being clumsy and cutting that out makes a really good product and leaving that in you know it's it can really kill a lot of the comedic momentum and stuff and um and then the audience is fucking network hacks and shit like their suits and fucking you know it's not like a it's not a comedy audience it's not a harmontown audience they're just fucking they don't know what harman quest is they might not you know they might not know anything about harman other than like community or whatever you know so yeah. so what oh yeah yeah a green yes oh yeah and so so they also wanted us to do the show with two of their other talent CISO talents who were just they were the the love breakers or whatever the car the heart I don't know they did this fucking show I don't know who the fuck they were they're probably nice guys they did not seem very funny at the time I was very worried about how they would perform because picking guests and trying to like make sure the guests influence isn't like too negative and they can be kind of reined in and guided into the right directions is pretty important part of the performance of the D and D and, um, and they were not giving me positive signs. And so they almost immediately started going off book and just improvising and stuff. And then it was just really not funny stuff that they were doing by any metric, but also it was a bad crowd for their antics. And so they just started shitting the bed really hard. The whole thing was a fucking nightmare. The hardest I've ever bombed in my life. You know, I, I haven't really bombed too hard. I've had jokes that don't go well, but I don't think, you know, I'm, I don't go stand. I don't do stand up or anything. Even the worst shows we've done didn't feel like super bombs or if they're going bad you kind of just like this is so fucked <laughs> let's just get through it and it's over you know it's like it's this weird thing anyway but so so the bomb happens and and again this is a form to me this is a moment that it sticks in my memory and after the show um you know we're backstage and dan is talking to people and some some two two people walk up the you know two 40 year old fans i don't know um they they say hi to dan dan introduces to me hey what up this is tom this is another lady and he was and he was like oh man great show man and i was in such a bad mood and when he said i just i didn't want to be talking to this guy i didn't want to be anywhere i wanted to be not i didn't want to exist i wanted to like obliviate myself i wanted to be like high as fuck or blasted out of my mind or something i just wanted to stop thinking about how terrible the show was going to be because i knew it was going to be terrible the whole time i tried to warn everyone <laughs> um and uh anyway so i made the choice and in the moment i was like this is a bad thing to do i'm gonna give this guy like the cold shoulder i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give this guy a bad treatment i'm gonna punish this fan for talking to me after a show and having the gall to praise me for something i think was really bad and so and so i i kind of did i kind of did a oh thanks like rolling my eyes turn away like really deliberate like complete turn away and just walked away and and then like it stuck with me because it's like you know i don't know who that guy is i don't know what he's been going through i don't know what he thinks of me i don't know what his relationship to me you know if this is a fan who is really excited to talk to me and that's what i gave him like that would be such a bum like if that was me that would be so like sad and such a bummer and i'd be like that guy's an asshole you know it's like first of all i don't want to inflict that on someone but second of all it reflects poorly on me you know but but, but it's just but it, you know and it's also like it, it felt like it was something i felt would be make me feel better in the moment and as i was doing it it didn't you know and it's like this is just not 
this didn't work. This isn't something you should think of as a way to go about. You got to conduct yourself better as a person who's known quantity in this world. It's always stuck. I don't. And, and then it's like, I never wanted another fan to have that experience with me. And so it's not like I've ever really been, you know, I, it's not, I'm not a saint or anything, but I think since then, I really, um, you know, have, have, have tried to be a lot more patient with in-person interaction. I really shit on people online. Don't get me wrong, but, but in person, I try to not, not be an asshole if I can help it. Um, and, and, you know, get, cause yeah, you're just trying to deliver the experience to what they want. And, uh, so, so cut to, cut to late, uh, cut to years later, I'm calling into, uh, the best show with Tom Sharpling and, um, and I talked to him and, uh, you know, I was talking about Harmon Quest for some reason. And he says, oh, I met you before. And I was like, what? No, you haven't. And he's like, yeah, no, I met you at the, at the New York Upfronts. And so the fucking fan was Tom fucking Sharpling, like this huge podcaster, a giant in the fucking comedy community. And I just thought he was some shit eating fan who I was like, I'm going to fucking teach this guy a lesson for being nice to me. He doesn't know who I am. He was just genuinely, he maybe saw a guy bomb and was trying to make him feel better, you know, and it's like, it's just like and so like but it was already this weird formative moment for me but then talking to him and then and then so like so then i had to be like oh i was uh that was i was not feeling myself like i didn't i didn't want to explain this to him be like oh this is a weird thing that's followed me and it's really weird that it connects to you you know um and so, so i didn't explain it but i try to kind of just kind of bullshit but i i you know i don't know what he thinks of me whatever uh he, he seems like a really nice guy if he doesn't like me uh he's probably right you know that's fine but you know i don't have any reason to believe he doesn't like me but i just it's just this weird thing and so it's just like the weird thing that affected me and then it just like my mind just exploded and it just been like yeah I mean, this is why I was so, I regretted the moment so much. It was like, this, you know, cause who knows who you're going to be talking to, you know, but uh, whatever. I don't know why I brought that up. Um, well, I mean, I say, you know, I went on probably 10, 15 road trips with you guys to not part of Harmon count or was it Harmon country, but like random road shows. Yeah. And after each show, there was pretty much the same pattern every time where, you know, there would be a horde of people waiting to meet you guys at the end of each show. And Dan would go out there and give a good solid five to 10 minutes of signing a few autographs and but leaving a lot of people hanging. Jeff would come out, wave to a couple people. Someone would give him a gift and he would go, hey, we're going to this bar. Meet us there, everybody. And then he would disappear. And you would always stay I mean, there was there was one show, I think it was the Portland, like the Bridgetown comedy show where you were out there for probably an hour and a half, two hours, making sure that every single person who wanted to see you, you know, saw you. And the moment the last person left, you just looked so drained and tired. And like, you know, like it was it was work for you to 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 be on for that long, but you still did it. And you made sure that every person who wanted to see you got as much time with you as you wanted so it's, it's interesting to me to, to sort of see this contradiction, I think, of you online hating your fans almost universally, but in person being the most generous person with your time I've ever seen anyone do. You know, I, no one does that at shows. You know, I, yeah. I don't remember seeing anybody at a concert or a comedy show or anything waiting for the 300th person to, to meet them, you know. So yeah. I, there, there's an interesting contradiction in you. 
I mean, but it's like, but that's like, it's like, because that is kind of my, my urge. I will say that, you know, I have seen myself toxify and shrink as a person. I think I used to be a better person than I am. I think I've had a lot of growth, you know, during this whole process, but overall, I think like I'm more traumatized and fucked in, in ways that I haven't like therapied out of myself or whatever, like then, then I've grown. Um, and, and it's a bummer because I don't want to be like that. Um, but also just like, I used to be a lot kinder online. Um, I would still be sardonic and, and tell people to fuck off and stuff. But when Trump when Trump won, I was just like, no, I'm done. There's no reason to be civil to people online. I'm going to scream at anyone I want to scream at because none of this matters. Like, you know, it's it's I, 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 I'm no longer trying to reason with anyone, which is what I was trying to do. Understand someone else's position, explain mine. If they don't buy it, whatever. At least the logic's there on the table. Maybe someone else sees it. You know, maybe it convinces someone else. But but a real s switch flip for me where it's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to scream at everyone. I, you know, I know that when I feel bad, I want to lash out at people online. And so I'll just not make excuses. And if, if I really want to try and level with someone, I'll, I'll, I'll be like I was, I'll explain things, but I'm not just going to be all like, well, I think you're being not very nice. So I'll leave you now. You know, I'll just be like, fuck you or whatever, you know? So, so, and, and that's something I, I kind of regret, but I, I, because I think that splashes off of my fans. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to be in general online, but it's like, I did it because there are people who deserve it. And, and because I've toxified, I'm, it's happening to people who don't deserve it, you know? I mean, do you find it cathartic to, to, you know, unleash on somebody online and block them and all this, or do you feel worse afterwards? Uh, it's both. It depends. I, I like blocking people, muting people, because it's like, I don't want to have this negative stimulus. That's the problem. Once the stimulus is there, nothing good comes out of it, you know? If I handle it well, it's bad. If I handle it poorly, it's bad. You know, it's all bad. The only solution is to remove the stimulus, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it doesn't make me feel better. It's an adrenaline rush. You know, I, it, it kind of, it gets your organs pumping is the flight fight or flight syndrome. You know, I don't know. Uh, I have ADD. I think ADD people oftentimes look for hits of hits of dopamine. Um, you know, there's oftentimes people who do drugs. Uh, as a result, you know, addiction is very prevalent among ADD people. Oftentimes, you know, they go for, for unhealthy foods to kind of, to kind of boost their dopamine. Um, I think there might be similar kind of like exhilaration or thrill seeking or kind of like conflict seeking is like a thing that can trigger the similar like dopamine rush. So I don't know. I think like, I think like TikTok is really popular because you just get it's like a roulette where you're always finding a new thing, always getting a new hit every single time. And, you know, I think, I think fighting with people online kind of activates some sort of circuit like that. And it's not good because it's like an adrenaline rush. And when the adrenaline leaves, you're like, Oh my God. And your, your hormones are all fucked and stuff, you know, but, but in the moment it's doing something for you. I don't even think it's good, but you're feeling that. And that's, and it propels you, you know? It, it, exactly. You know, I, I used to be a lot more argumentative online and, you know, if, if somebody was, uh, you know, expressing an opinion that I thought was just factually incorrect, it would upset me to the core, you know, like right. I, I could not handle hearing people spouting things that I thought was just so misinformed that, you know, like it was, it was offensive to me as a person. Right. And, you know, there were a couple of times where like, I went, okay, you know what, I'm going to figure out how this person got this misinformed and would spend some time with them. You know, just, just like, I, I would just DM random people that would assault me on Twitter and go, listen, 
I really think what you're saying is just factually untrue. It's not just that we disagree as people. You're you're saying something that I think is just like wrong. You know, I would love to know how you ended up with, with this opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe you know. Would you talk to me? And and most people just flamed me and you know uh, trolled me. However you want to look at it. But sure. there were there were a few who actually responded genuinely, and I kind of. I have now changed my viewpoint to feel like a lot of the people that I'm looking at on Twitter or, you know, TikTok or any of these things that are just offensively wrong are just misinformed and looking at it from that viewpoint rather than being, God, you're a horrible person because you, you know, you believe that 5G is giving you cancer, you know, things like that. Uh, I almost to the point of like, hey, I feel sorry for you because you believe these obvious lies. Hey, can I help you this? You know, I'm not saying that I think that's a healthy thing for anyone to do or it's something that anyone should really be spending the time doing. I just kind of feel like a lot of the people online that upset me, I should feel sorry for, not angry at. Well, I have that. That's the thing. So I don't know. Sometimes I think I might be an empath, which is not something I'm comfortable admitting. But like, I just... I when 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 I see people feeling bad I just like it really sometimes it feels like it hurts me more like so so when I see these screaming Nazis and stuff I do feel so bad for them and I really feel a lot of pain because it's like how do you twist into some husk like that how do you go from a real live person into just a hateful shell of of like catchphrases and fucking you know racist statistics or whatever you know just racist catchphrases like it's it's the abuse that it takes to turn a human being into that is immeasurable you know and i feel myself feeling that and it hurts and i feel so bad for all these fucking nazis but they are gonna kill us like so it's like it's so weird like because i think like that's a fundamental thing that's changed in reality is we used to actually have the pretense of arguing on merits but now fundamentally we're in an existential crisis for what reality is what kind of people are allowed to exist like just this is so far beyond the marketplace of ideas and free exchange of information and debate and discourse it's not it's just like it's just a a thin pretense for fascism they don't want to argue they want to kill us like they might not want to kill us right now but they want to be able to run us off the road if they get if they get mad at us and not get punished for it even if we die like i don't like i think it might be a little extreme to be like oh old granny wants to stab someone to feel alive like oh pep pep needs to get his pecker hard by like running over a biker or something but like but I, so i don't think it goes that far but i do think they have anger and they want to express it and they feel like if they do what they're doing politically they might be more you know more like allowed to do those things and they are i mean if you look right wing people just get to kill us and get away with it good people can't kill bad people with guns without getting arrested bad people constantly get away with murdering good people it's insane you know like and i just think that this 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 growing thing where i can just hurt people that piss me off and get away with it and it's just like and so it's like this isn't even discussion anymore it's just like what can we do to stop these people before they actually get to the point where they are just killing us and we're honestly at that point you know i don't know you just like there there's a guy who who uh who in texas it's just a big thing 
to hit bikers with your car because bikers cyclists are going to be liberal and guys in trucks are going to be conservative so they just feel like they can just inflict violence and they get away from it constantly get away with it constantly there's a guy you know he probably only got away with this because he's a sheriff or something but he ran over a black guy in his car and then got out of his car and shot the guy twice in the back and killed him and he's not arrested like that's fine he's allowed to do that that's the world that's not illegal i mean it is but we live in a world where those people get to do that how do you think that shapes their thinking you know like these are people who can kill us um you know and they're winning politically too because the media doesn't say that they're like oh man joe biden's approval rating is so bad uh i guess they should you know they should have thought twice before objecting to the GOP's strategy of murdering people that was such a savvy mood for the gop it's just insane it's fucking insane um anyway let's see it goes it goes beyond just trying to understand people's minds at this point that's how i used to think and now it's we we are we are at war and we are losing the war because we're not fighting the war. The other side is fighting the war and we're not. We're going to work, you know. I mean, one thing that, that comes to mind to me a lot, I'm not disagreeing with you here. I, this is just something that, that I keep thinking about. Sure. Uh, is it actually getting worse or are we just both at the age now where we're savvy enough about politics and news and the world around us that we're seeing these things for what they are? And it's always been this way it yes but those forces just haven't been so empowered i mean think about it we did kill the nazis like there was there were skinheads in america and the cool thing to do would be to punch them and beat them up because they were skinheads we've grown out of that that doesn't happen anymore nazism has empowered itself um the, those structures have always been in play subtly secretly controlling everything you know the histori historically we've always had uh pro you know periods of progress and then this this reactionary counter backlash this 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 you know uh this this right-wing backlash it, it happens all the time like um I don't know. I don't know enough about history to really name the dates, but you know, like like Robespierre, the Reign of Terror, and stuff like that. Like there's 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 just been these these violent uh, counter counter reactions. They usually go to you know the Cultural Revolution, Mao, you know, uh, like North Korea and stuff. Like like the, these uprisings happen typically in the course of world events. They don't they aren't permanent. They're usually these little hiccups after pro like they kind of interrupt periods of, of, of decent progress, but they can be really catastrophic. I mean, the dark ages was one. It made the whole ass fucking dark ages. We slid for so long, you know, like we might be entering a new dark ages. Um, like, so, so all those powers have been into play, but I think we are in this period of this backlash and, and, and it's real, you know, and, 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 and we we're probably going to win eventually, but what's winning look like, uh, is America destroyed, you know, being in shame shambles a burning ruin that might be winning you know that might be what it looks like is 300 years later you know cyber russia conquers nazi america you know that that's technically in the history books that's winning we're not going to survive that we're all going to die but you know the world will keep turning but you know maybe not maybe we'll just nuke maybe we'll just blow up the planet who knows you know well, so but yeah ultimately i think the powers are are still there but you know ebbs and flows happen throughout history the, the, the statistic that keeps coming to my mind when I think about things like this, because I f also feel like things are getting worse and they're spiraling out of control and, you know, people are murdering each other in the street and getting away with it and things like that. But I also remember, too, you know, violent crime has been going down 
since the 70s. And we are at probably the safest period in human history when it comes to violent crime. You know, mm -hmm. all crime has gone down for the most part since the 70s and 80s. You know, there's some people who think that has to do with leaded gasoline, some people that think it has to do with politics, whatever reason it is, crime across the board has gone down, you know, consistently for the last few decades. So do we just feel like it's not safe? You know, and feel like these problems are getting worse because they're more in our face. They're more unpredictable. You know, because in the past, I think there was a lot of cases of, you know, you got murdered, but you knew who the person was because it was some fight over land or a cow or a horse or whatever. Where today it seems like more random. Is that scarier? Like, how do you reconcile the whole, hey, the world's getting safer, but at the same time, this is getting worse? Mm -hmm. that makes sense well it's just it's just the different things you know like i i'm afraid of covid right i drive every fucking day a lot it's hypothetically more likely that i'll get in a car crash and die than i'm gonna die of covid right but it's like but but there's there's the losses that we accept as part of society i think crime is going down and we kind of accept that we live in this safe society and we just kind of internalize that but you know we still see external new foreign you know shiny uh threats and those are the ones we focus on. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think there's just a really strong historical argument for where we are being relatively unique. I mean, for one, remember the Voting Rights Act? There's this whole thing called the Civil Rights Movement. And basically the big thing that it did was the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act got killed in like 2015 or something. Trump's election was the first election we had since the Voting Rights Act got passed that was an election protected by the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act was invented to prevent southern slave states from oppressing and suppressing the votes of black people we've decided that it's now okay to suppress the votes of black people we are now in a world where those are being suppressed it's working the strategy is working you know so there are there are traceable concrete political things that are happening that historically do lead to violence and then we're also seeing that violence you know so it's like we might never get in a car crash, but if a pogrom happens, you know, that's st still a big problem. Even if, uh, even if seatbelts, seatbelts save more lives than the pogrom killed. Right. Pogrom. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, I think too, people are really bad at processing risk myself included, you know, I think no humans I, are humans because are, you know, think about, think about this is a tiny pocket rant, but the humans that survived were the people that believe false things to survive. If you're like, oh, I can't jump over this chasm chasm to escape this saber tooth tiger. They're just going to stay on the one side and get eaten. Even if a lot of the people make the jump and die, the one person who made the jump and made it believing a false thing survived. You know, it's like you, you have to, you have to assess your risk and be all like, oh man, I'll die here. I'll die. You know, I, that was actually wrong. We should cut this out. People do like, because situations used to be life or death. Loss used to be a bigger factor. Now losing $5 feels like death because it's the same brain circuits that determined whether or not eating a berry would kill us, you know? Right. So it's like our, our survival instincts are not meant to mitigate risk the way that we experience it in our lives today. Right. But Sorry, I, mean, I even, cut you off. No, even knowing the risks, we're still bad at it. You know, like I, I yeah. professionally flown you know, as a passenger, millions of miles uh, as part of my past jobs. And I know I'm statistically more likely to die from an accident driving to the airport than I am on the plane. I know that. But that doesn't mean I don't occasionally have the thought of what am I going to do if this plane crashes? I never think that when I'm driving. But I think that every time when I'm on the plane about to take off and I hear a noise I didn't hear before, you know, mm -hmm. and I think 
you know, kind of as a society, we're the same way. We focus on the very unlikely scenarios. You know, uh, people are dropping dead from COVID all the time. That's, you know, the number one cause of death this year in this country. That's terrifying. There are people right now that just absolutely do not care, but they're worried about 5G killing them, you know, or they're worried about all of these incredibly unlikely scenarios that are the, you know, that are going to kill them. And I think that makes us just as a society just make bad decisions. You know, I, I wish we would listen to people. It, you know, there should be a, a politician's job of just being a statistic explainer and say, listen, we're worrying about the wrong things, people. You need to focus on this. This other thing here, this isn't even the issue. But yeah, but I, I was that. I was thinking that one of the big problems with the COVID response was there's this lack of information, even with the Fauci of it all. It's like we're still relying on people to turn on a TV, you know, and find a channel and get there at the right time. You know, like in the fucking remember the Cuban Missile Crisis had kids learning in school to hide under their fucking desks with videos made by the army because they thought people should know that. So they put together a program to inform them. There's no dedicated effort to dispense information in a formalized way to the public. There should be just a giant CDC site of videos that gets updated every day with every single fucking science that we learn. Every day I'm learning this and that conf conflicting, contradicting. It's like, I feel like I've been pretty on top of this stuff and I'm still like, I've been quoting misinformation. I've been misunderstanding this or that risk. Like my, my I've learned a lot about an N95 masks in the past couple of days. They say that they're meant for one use only. And I was like why okay so we can't use them longer than one day but the reason they say that is because they're meant for hospital settings where cross-contamination is really dangerous so you can't let something go but in a normal context where you can let all the virus you know be when it's only covid and the covid dies in three days and you can let it stay for three days without using it again suddenly the one day you one use thing doesn't you know but it's like that should have been day one they should have been telling you know all this information should be fucking uh, it's just insane it's just fucking there's no but there's no civic spirit anymore we're not one thing anymore we're just all a bunch of fucking little businesses like we used to have like a common culture and it was subsumed by camp capitalism the culture wasn't great but it it was only culture you know it wasn't it wasn't a profit-seeking endeavor or maybe it was you know maybe it was all just a, a, a fabric to keep power in power i don't know you want to play D? &D? yes sorry <laughs> I want to play yeah. more D&D, but whatever. That's that's fine. Do you, you want, you want some music? I, yeah. You know, maybe we should do D&D only segments that only show up on my Patreon. Ooh. What about that? that people. Yeah, if Jeff comes back, then we can, you know, we don't have to, even if Jeff comes back, that doesn't mean we've got to start, stop the story of Johnny the Fever. Exactly. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. Take music. There we go. The 50 Years' War. Victory was inevitable, advisors claimed. It was a quaint little affair, snorted the aristocracy. That was before the name, of course. The 50 Years' War. A cheery little kingdom, an unquenchable greed, an arrogant invasion of a neighboring country. By the time the 50-year war drew to a close, Ivalice was in shambles. They couldn't manage to take over the, uh, the nearby kingdom at all. A once prosperous nation, now a worn-torn wasteland, studded with keeps, blight, and broken farms. 
Sickness, famine, poverty. The royal family is in hiding. The question of succession hung in the air. The country hadn't even the coin to pay their soldiers for fighting the fucking 50 years war. Unrest grew. Factions beat their shields, crime run rampant. The once stable alliances of knights that held the country together grew cold and distant. Why would this country fall to infighting? When would enough be enough? Not today. We find ourselves on a battlefield, a church, or a bon monastery, where knights, knights of the southern sky, would draw swords against the royal family itself in an apparent bid to take power. Now. Sorry, I had to look at the screen, which is behind the screen, so I gotta do the thing. You get it. Anyway, so, you know, maybe that's a good actual introduction to the kind of world building. You got any questions? You remember what's going on? So I don't have my, I'm on my laptop, so I don't have my full notes with me, but there was a princess that was being attacked by invaders. Um, Johnny DeFever went outside and kind of flanked around the, the, the back door to look to see what was going on. There were some defenders of the princess there, but there were being outnumbered by these knights. Is that correct? That were attacking? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, you are a mercenary with the Knight of the or uh, the Northern Sky. You are protecting the princess in the church. The the Order of the Southern Sky shows up, and they're like, "We want the princess," uh, which is not good. You know, these were once allied factions now coming to blows. You know, um, I do not have my dice, but I have them right here. So. Uh, yeah, so I think I mentioned before, but there was 12 knights and, um, they were facing down of eight, eight soldiers of your company before your squad joined. Um, yeah, there's Rolo there. He's your friend. Um, there's Geffen. He's kind of your boss, not quite, um, a mercenary and they're with you in your squad. You were kind of taking a lead, um, sneaking around and yeah, um, so let's set the stage it's a really small church there's kind of a, a river that kind of runs by the back of it um in front it's it's winter uh snow is covering everything you know you can see a couple there's two there's two fallen soldiers on the battlefield their their blood spills out you know staining the white uh with a deep red um yeah 12 uh no eight nights no 12 nights sorry getting these numbers wrong and they're they're engaged um you know they're just going at it it's crazy uh these these nights are good and so it kind of looks like our side is, is losing right now, or at the very least, the, the odds are not in their favor. Well, now that you're reinforcing them, the odds are more, a lot more even, but yeah. Um, so, so Geffen, he pulls out this sword. It's, it's stained. It looks like it's made of gold and stained in blood. And he, he, he calls out, halt, halt, you vagabonds. You met, you attempt to, you attempt to take the princess. This is a declaration of war. Uh, but you know, no one, no one says anything. The combat combat continues and he goes, Ugh. well, I tried. He starts charging. All right. Um, I don't have my dice with me, so you don't have to do this, but so I guess it's, it's my turn now. Yep. You can All go right. first. Um, I'm going to cast scorching Ray on the three closest to dead looking ones. There are. All right. Where are my fucking dice app? called hedra right sorry well you know when i was a kid we used to play D D, but we called it playing pretend 
We didn't know that dice were part of it. If something seemed like it would work, it would work. Why don't we try that? It's going to be 10 okay. minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, these armored sold, you know, these armored knights, uh, full armor, they, 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 they seem, they seem tough. Um, but you know, you wave your arms in a magical manner, conjure three firebolts and where do you want to, what do you want to, what do you want to do? You want to hit three guys where do you want to hit them? What do you, what are you aiming for? Um, aiming for right in the face. Um, and let's pick the, the three that either that are either closest to death or about to hurt one of my guys, the, the, the worst. All right. So yeah, you blast them. Uh, your, your three fireballs hit, um, but they have helmets and most of them don't hit. One of them goes straight through the grill into the guy's face and you can hear, or you can smell the, the smell of burning pork as uh, he falls down. Um, but the rest of them have dodged. Um, they, the, the knights continue to close in. They start uh, slashing people, man, you can tell these knights know what they're doing, but also the strength on these guys with a couple swords, they, you, they hit these these mercenaries the mercenaries not well armed but with the strike of their swords the their armor just splits open and they're essentially just cut in half this is not inhuman strength but it's very impressive uh how you could just sunder the armor so easily of of you know an armored foe um so so four of the knights close in um two of them got hit and so they can't you know they didn't get they're like distracted by your fire but they're gonna go through and attack the uh the soldiers they cut two more down so um now you got six you have six left that are outside of your squad and then your squad is who is it it's you it's geffen it's rollo and it's three other people so the, those knights do that there's also knights in the back and they actually pull out longbows um they're about 100 feet back so you don't you know they're not super they're not super close but longbowmen are very powerful and they unleash another volley um but it mostly goes wide um you, uh, one of the guys takes two arrows but he doesn't fall down um then geffen goes he draws his sword or he already drew his sword he 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 uh casts an incantation over his blade and he and he screams like uh he goes let the blood of my enemies soak into the thirsty earth and um he swings his sword and you can see this beam of red light um like sh uh, blast off of it and it just uh pierces through a fully armored guy and he falls down dead his heart is uh is exploded and he's just bleeding out um and then rollo goes in for an attack but he misses um rollo all right it's your turn all right um i guess since fire didn't work let's try magic missiles let's pick uh the one that, that rollo just tried to attack and hit him up with with three magic missiles all right yeah so magic missiles don't miss um you find that they even kind of squeak through the armor of the knights to punch them directly in the face um one of them kind of takes a knee uh you know he he's been battered but he's not, he's not dead um so yeah uh and the knights are going to go they're going to continue to fight and they're not really making any progress now we're at a kind of even fight now that you've joined the fight that's happened um our side is going to go they're going to make a bunch of attacks but they don't do very well um the combined attacks of everyone manages to fell another knight so now there's nine knights left um but it's your turn again because this is a one player game so, so maybe you have more actions than your average turn yeah um well i mean i guess since uh magic missile worked 
I'm, I'm going to lean on that one more time. The same um, guy? I, yeah, same guy. Yeah, let's do that first. Yeah. Okay. All right. He goes down. So that's eight, awesome. eight, eight nights left, huh? Yes. Was there any other thing they wanted? Um, let's see. I can't cast Cure Wounds again on the same turn, right? Is there, is there anybody uh, near me that, that could use that? No, uh, the, you know, there's a couple wounds. There's the guy with the arrows, uh, but no. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up more notes. Uh, yeah, no, it would take your whole turn. Okay. Then, yeah, I mean, I think other than just uh, beating on these guys, I mean, do I notice anything about these attacking knights that might be useful information? Do I see anything around us that would help? Uh, so, so let's, let's actually roll a perception check. Do you have your perception or am I going to have to make something up? Uh, let me look perception. I have plus five to perception. All right. So yeah, you, you kind of, you're, you're, you're trying to search, know what you know about history, you know, uh, what about threats, everything. I'm um, trying to put it through together. You can't really figure out anything, but then you hear the fucking, uh, the, the receding, uh, no, sorry. You hear the sound of, uh, of, of steel clashing against steel coming from the back of the fucking church, the side door that you snuck out of. Oh, let's, let's run there quick. Someone might be going after the princess. This might've oh, been a boy. distraction the whole time. Boy, howdy. Doesn't it seem that way? Yes. Because, you know, the, basically the second you whirl around, you see uh, another knight. This one is wearing incredibly cool clothes. This guy looks fucking cool as shit, man. Um, and he has, no, he's on, he's riding on a beast, a beast known as a horse bird. A giant fucking maybe ostrich size bigger than ostrich like imagine like three times the density or, or, or weight of an ostrich but giant bird brown legs bright yellow feathers and a thick you know dull uh, stubby beak they're known as horse birds and he's riding the horse bird and under his fucking armor you see or under his arm you see the unconscious princess he's fucking getting the fuck out of there on a fucking steed way faster than you can go you have basically one action or reaction to do anything other than otherwise this guy's fucking gone um i mean i think the only thing i have that's even maybe useful is ray of frost to slow him down but that only lasts one turn right yep yeah, yeah you, if that's if you're if you're not lying then your options are very dire, but I can roll it for you if you want. Yeah, so I, I shall stop or you're going to regret this, and I throw Ray of Frost at him with everything I've got. All right. Uh, uh, what's your spell bonus? Your spell attack bonus? Uh, let me look. Sorry. Um, plus six. Yeah, I was thinking it was six. Uh, yeah, so no, but uh, so so you you call that out. You start casting your spell, you know, ready to catch him, and you see he turns around to look at you. Um, and what you see fucking stops you in your tracks. The, your breath catches in your mouth, and the spell just completely fails because of the utter shock at what you're seeing. This person wearing the colors of the knights of the order order of the southern sky the same faction that attacked you to get the princess this person is one of your oldest friends no oh yeah yeah we're talking about marcos this is marcos, marcos. oh man 
and you remember Marcos, you know, you remember Marcos so bad that you start to remember you flash back, you flash back to a point in time that most of this story is going to take place. in. It's going to be a really long time till we flash back forward back to the present day. So if you're keeping track at home, this is a very important, important thing. This is your friend, Marcos. The two of you were always best friends. Uh, you know, you, of course, noble family, member of a noble elf family. But Marcos, not so much human, lowborn, no nobility, no noble blood, nothing. Um, and you remember back to the time where you both started at the Academy, the Academy uh, of mercenaries. It's kind of where, uh, yeah, it's where kingdoms and stuff go to train their their soldiers and stuff. That's how you, you, you learn to be a soldier. You learn to be a mercenary, you know, get combat training for you in your case, magic training. You know, it's all war magic and in service of, of kind of, of, of fighting um, because this is a war torn country. You know, this is the country you left. And uh, yeah, back at the days of your academy, here you are with Rolo, you know, Marcos, um, you're hanging out uh yeah so you and marcos are hanging out you're at the table it's it's like it's it's kitchen time what 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 you saying uh hey guys this, this this is some amazing meal thank you guys for coming out tonight uh what do we got going on right now what's what's what are we doing today uh yeah well training's done it's you know it's kind of we're just hanging out what's up you know you guys hear any cool stories uh you know, I, I, I heard about this this goblin just outside of town with this insane pile of cash. I was trying to think of maybe but we'd go check that out later. Wow. That's crazy. We should do that now. Wait, no, I got a story. Hold on. I've been hearing stories of this gang called the Corpse Brigade. The Corpse Brigade is a group of highwaymen who, you know, in the in the shadow of the war, they've just kind of fell to a life of crime. They got really good at fighting. No one ever paid them for their fighting. So they're just going to start killing people and taking their stuff. It's the corpse brigade. And if, if you want that goal, you can bet they're going to want that gold too. I mean, that sounds, that sounds better than the goblin, to be honest with you. We, we, we mm -hmm. should go investigate that. All right. Um, so before you can do that, uh, a dude, what's his name? Carlton Carlton dashes in. He's your superior officer. He's, he's the guy that kind of dispatches different groups of mercenaries and troops, uh, to different jobs and stuff. And they're like, we got a live one. We got a live one. There's a group of rogues retreating through the city of Galleon and they need to be cut down quick. If you guys don't get out there now, oh boy, it'll be a bad look for our new crop of mercenaries. I tell you what, Galleon is also the city that you're in. So you're kind of in this keep in the city and it just so happens that a bunch of bad guys are racing through. Well, that sounds even, yeah, we, we got to deal with that before we can go on any side missions. I think we, you know, job come first. Let's come on guys. Let's, let's finish eating later. Let's go. Yeah. We're not sell swords without selling our swords. <laughs> That's the credo of the mercenaries cliffhanger, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know how well this is going. I think we should give it some more times. It's interesting. Um, I think I need to prep more, but that's cool. It's fun. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. What Patreon? Um, I don't know. You think we're ever going to monetize this podcast? Yes. Let's, let's let's do that next. After after Patreon. Your, your Patreon. Yeah. Monetized podcast. 
Jeff's touring. You can go check out Jeff. Dude, I don't. Yeah, and 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 as always, Rudy Toot Tootin' Tuesday. <laughs>